Whether you're looking for a convenient refresher course, or a way to earn your Pragmatic certification at your own speed, or the chance to take a Pragmatic course from your specific corner of the world, then Foundations On Demand is the solution you need. Get the same great content, tools, and templates our Foundations course is famous for in a flexible and easy-to-use online learning platform. Learn the skills you need to build and market products people want to buy. And earn your Pragmatic Institute certification anywhere, anytime. No more travel worries, no more time zone issues, just truly great training. Experience the new way of training with Foundations On Demand from Pragmatic Institute. Visit pragmaticinstitute.com foundations to learn more. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome, everybody. Really nice to have you here. I'm Georgina Donahue, Director of Community here at Pragmatic Institute. I have the absolute great pleasure of being joined by Mina Hanna, Senior Product Manager in FinTech at Verizon. And today he's joining us here for a discussion on roadmap alignment and how to really successfully implement strategies and approaches that are going to tackle everything from from collaboration to validation to all things roadmaps, right? So again, welcome everyone. Really excited to have you here before a long holiday weekend for our U.S. folks. I'm Georgina Donahue. I'm the Director of Community at Pragmatic Institute and one community member and pragmatic alum uh, recently said to me that community is like having a gazillion friends who have told you what they've done with the lessons they learned in pragmatic training. And so I think that that is just such a great description of the space. The community is all about real life experiences and conversations with other product folks. So sessions like this one are one way and one of my favorite ways that we do that, right? And in addition, there are so many more. So if you're not an alum yet, I really hope that you become one by taking your first course with us and then join us in the community and those doors can open wide for you. I think that you'll love it. All right, we can pop over to the next slide because I am really excited to talk about this topic and introduce you to Mina. So today we're talking all about aligning your roadmaps with the needs of your teams, your partners, your customers, right? Really from top to bottom. So Mina Hanna is Senior Product Manager at Verizon. You are just going to love learning from him. He has worked predominantly in the fintech space for the last two decades. And most recently, his focus has been on product development for Verizon. So he's got experience with all sorts of things like securing credentials, identity management, embedded finance. And he's really passionate about delivering really exceptional and innovative products that also allow secure payments. He has conducted projects that are across 30 plus countries and counting. So I think that's a pretty, pretty cool stat. Mina, I am going to stop there and turn it over to you to further introduce yourself and get us going here. Welcome. Thank you very much, Georgina. Thank you for the whole uh, Pragmatic team. Uh, really honored to be here, being part of this great session and, you know, being part of any product gathering. Always great to learn and share any knowledge if possible. So uh, more about myself. Thank you for the intro, but more about myself, uh, my career journey. Yeah, started as a software engineer. So all was computer engineer. And over the year, I had the privilege to live and work in three different continents, you know, hoping between roles in project management, technical consulting, product management. That's where was my focus in the past 10 years. B2B first, I was building lots of B2B products, shifting more into B2C lately. So yeah, try to take uh, different experiences in different markets. Great ride so far. And with this, you know, wanna, uh, for kicking off this, I wanna provide a quick disclaimer. You know, there are different cultures, different markets, different corporate strategies, uh, product stages. You know, each will have maybe a tailored method. So what we'll be discussing here uh, through the session might not be universally applied to every situation. So keep this in mind. This is, you know, based on lots of learnings. I'll try to give examples. So this will kind of resonate with the uh, topic that we are discussing. So with this, I'll start with the, you know, product roadmap. Though we are not really focusing on how to create a roadmap, mainly how to align the roadmap. 
but a quick definition refresher of the roadmap would help here. So the roadmap serve as a collaborative resource that align all the stakeholders. That's very important. All the stakeholders has to be aligned. And on the streams, themes, goals, and milestones of a product, it acts as a reflection of an overall strategy and works toward achieving an envisioned outcome. Takeaways from this is alignment is a key for the roadmap. The other takeaway is it is a reflection of a strategy. So roadmap is a strategy document. It's not a delivery document. So keep this in mind while we are going through this. And yeah, I see this always, you know, as we navigate through a maze to reach our strategic goal and achieve the vision, we might face lots of issues, fires, and that's really what we are trying to put in the roadmap and to cover what we'll be doing here in that session. Strategy alignment will be our first focus, and then we'll speak about the stakeholder alignment. We're starting with the strategy alignment here. Definitely, there is no meaning for any roadmap if you don't have a, if it's not reflecting a strategy. If I show my roadmap to any consulting firm, or even I look at a roadmap of one of my friends starting up a company or so, you know, I have no assessment. I have no reason to assess this good or bad if I don't know the strategy, what market you are planning to tackle, what kind of customer segment you are targeting. So without knowing all of these strategic definitions, the roadmap is really meaningless. And that's where, you know, understanding the strategy, the corporate strategy is a core to build an aligned roadmap. So that's where I started with this in our session today, that we have to have a clear definition and a clear understanding of the company strategy. I was reading a report about, you know, one of the big firms talking about like 60% of strategies are failing to being implemented because of poorly formulated and it's very hard to communicate. And that's really, you know, a big challenge. And you see like a big percentage, like 60% based on their survey to lots of top companies. So, which means, you know, strategy is a big deal and we really need to understand it well. So my here, you know, thinking of how to start with aligning the strategy is to ask questions to understand, get your answers. Definitely the leadership will push all the information, communicate and formulate the strategy very well, but still, you know, you might need to pull some of this information and make sure that you are familiar with the strategy as much as possible. I see this, you know, very relevant example is, you know, if a strategy is looking for enhancing our bottom line, you know, for from a very high level perspective, yeah, we need to look at our cost. Bottom line is like really your expense. And so top line is your revenue and sales. If you want to look at the bottom line, then you are looking for the expenses. How can I save into this? So clear that I need to look into the bottom line. But will this translate into someone handling procurement in the company? That they look at different partners and they see that there are different vendors serving different areas in the business. Some of them are similar. Can we consolidate? Can they take this as an action item to look at similar vendors serving different lines of the business and try to get like a maybe a consolidated deal, a volume discount, you know, whatever that they can do to serve the bottom line? You know, this is purely in procurement, but you know, everyone has his own action on the strategy. So the deal is let's make sure if it's not very well communicated and it's not very clear, sometimes it's not a big corporate, could be a very small startup. So you need to talk to founders, you need to talk to your direct leadership to understand where are the boundaries, right? And definitely research the market, research the competition, read, you know, uh, earning statement, look at the investor meetings, you know, to understand where is the industry going? Where is the competition going? This is all very well and very important. And this is not like something that you have to do every time you create a roadmap. This is an ongoing task, staying relevant. If you are handling a certain product within a certain field, this is a very important practice that you have to keep going all time. Definitely also, you need to understand like the North Star metric, like maybe the, what is the ultimate goal of the organization? It's, you know, maybe different, maybe not clear, but you need to try to capture like what is really our ultimate objective. That's, you know, the, the uh, NSM. This is very important to understand as well. And with this, you know, I like to have like ask questions, you know, maybe ask a question, yes or no question. So you, you really get into the actual action items that will reflect your daily work as a product manager. One of the things that I like related to this is Verizon CEO, he once highlighted that he used something called boss contract. You can even Google Hans Fisberg boss contract. So what he do is like, yeah, there is a development plan. There is different milestones through the year where you communicate with your uh, direct leadership about your progress, about your performance. But also what he sees is, okay, he need to have a periodical 
boss contract. Okay, so I'm focusing on this top things. This is my theme for the next one month. This is my theme for the next quarter. And he prioritized this over the year. Yeah, maybe you can look over the year how things will look from an overall performance and development of your own goals. But you know, what is happening in my short term? So here is the deal. So I like the idea, try to also implement this in a way, not in a boss contract format, but at least I want to make sure that I'm working the right way. I'm doing this as per the strategic objective of the company. So this is, you know, from a company perspective, but, you know, within every company, there are different products. You know, there are some companies that really serving one single product, but let's look at uh, bigger scale companies with different products there. There is a specific product strategy, and this is also very important and very crucial to understand. Getting the same way that you understand the corporate strategy, understand your boundaries, you need to understand the product strategy. I like also an example, you know, around Tesla, for example, they are very oriented around the emission that is being saved, the CO2 emission that being saved, how many tons of CO2 are being saved every year, which is great, of course, great cause that they are keeping there. But every product, you know, if you look batteries, charging networks, the car, solar panel, definitely each has its own strategy because the solar panel, they compete in a different market. They compete with lots of other solar panel suppliers. They are not into the car, the automotive only. So they have to put a strategic objectives for this product that fit the market and fit the need, fit even the household. Maybe the persona of the household trying to implement a solar panel totally different from a persona of a person who's trying to get an EV car. So this is an electric car. So this is, you know, where you have a product specific strategy. And this is very important to capture as well. Same strategies you need to ask, you need to understand very well the market for this product. You need to understand the business objectives. What are the key success factors that you need to measure? So you put your own KPIs while designing feature, like how can I measure this? How can I add this there? And also, when we go through this, it's, it's not hierarchical. This is, again, this is iterative. You have to understand the corporate strategy. You have to understand the product strategy. And I love one of the very great examples. When I used to work in the B2B business, uh, secure credentials and tokenization, mobile wallet space, we were in a meeting with one of the top tier banks here in the US. It was around 2014, 15, where Apple Pay, Google Pay was launched and banks were, okay, what is our situation? And, you know, our business back then was enabling wallets and payment for banks. So, you know, I was not sure like what kind of activity or roadmap items we should put. So meeting the customers to understand how can I influence the roadmap of the product. And I liked one of the very clear statements to one of the leadership in, in, in the bank. They said, okay, you know, we are not competing with the Apples and Googles. We want to make sure that our card will be the top card regardless the wallet. You know, I took this, oh, wow, this is giving me a really good boundary for what maybe this bank that is very important for our B2B business, larger account, and definitely influence our roadmap. So with this, you know, the features will be, I'm not competing. So any feature that will go that will keep it in par with the competition that they don't want to compete with, then I will not take this in a big consideration because they are looking to how to make it easy, how to make more perks that will keep, you know, that card and the app of the bank is the center because if you want to see all your rewards still there it's not in the wallet that you are looking for so i like this you know very small sentence gave me a nice strategic alignment for what they are trying to do for the product and this gave me internally also how can i influence my own product in a b2b space in that regard so this is you know in the strategy happy to answer questions down the road but again, the theme is clarity. You need to clarify that strategy as much as you can. Next here, I will transition to the stakeholder alignment. Very important point here, you know, when you look strategy and vision, oh, it's a long-term stakeholder alignment, like meeting, day-to-day -day meeting. And this is where I like the analogy that the product managers are the CEO of the product. You know, it's a 20-year-old statement, but still I like the fact that being the CEO of the product means that you have to, you know, do a CEO functions. CEO functions, not as a decision maker, ultimate decision maker, no one can argue your decision, but in sense of you might look strategic sometimes when you look with investors, board, that's the same that you do when you look with your leadership, when you look with also founders and others, but also you have to manage your day-to-day -day stuff. You have to manage priorities. You have to make sure to align people, you know, your leadership or your team or, you know, different organizations that are serving the product success. So that's really what I like. 
fun fact about this, you know, I wanted to see like how long this statement was there, 20 years. So I was Googling it. So I was saying, okay, product manager is there. And, you know, Google suggestion was useless. Product manager is useless. I go, oh my God, why? And, you know, I take the same, go to chat GPT to see like, why are product managers are seen as useless? Not this question, you know, you, you need to prompt in a way that it will not be, not hide the answer in a way, but the answer was, that the top reason was poor communication. And that's where I, oh, that's very good slide here that, that we are, stakeholder alignment is all about communication. So, and this is where product managers are sometimes seen as useless. If they cannot handle such proper communication, this is the top reason, you know, at, at least as per the internet content up to 2021 that chat GPT is answering so far. So here, you know, I'll go through a quick flow between the how to achieve stakeholder alignment kind of in order, but you know, again, there is no solid universal method as highlighted. So first, you know, you definitely will need to identify your stakeholders and you have to prepare a domain-based content for them. Uh, example, if you are looking for, you know, sales, you need to see, like talking to sales as part of your stakeholders, they will be selling the product. You want to make sure that their input is captured because they will also influence the business case that will fund your product. So there are a lot to be done there. At that point, you know, you need to prepare, okay, what is the vision and the strategic objective of the product in lifting up sales or helping facilitate sales or enlarge or upsell some of their products that are available in the market today. So this is not, you know, you still have your elevator pitch for the product or the feature available. This is across all stakeholders, but depending on the bucket or depending on the domain of the stakeholders, you need to prepare the stories that they would listen. So you need to kind of identify the stakeholders and know their domain in a way, and also understand their influence and interest in the product. So here, you know, very simple quads here that you can define to, you know, put together, okay, here on the Top left are people who are having very high interest and very high influence in the product. So they might kill the product. They see that this is not good for the organization now. So you need to handle this differently. If they are in high influence, low interest, you need to understand each, map them, and deal with this accordingly. What are the strategies by each? You know, it's, it really depends. You need to understand more objective behind these. And this is where we will go into the how to diverse viewpoints has to be handled. But, you know, first thing you need to identify, you need to also define the role in a way. So are they the subject matter experts? Are they the decision maker? Are they just an impacted team? Because my product will introduce a new service and this might hike the support goals. So support team now will require more. So are they just impacted or they are contributing or they might be a decision maker who might at completely stop the feature or the product. So you need to identify this, what kind of bucket the stakeholders are and the domain, so you prepare your stories accordingly. And you know, very important takeaway from the strategy is when you understand the corporate strategy, the product strategy, you are coming up with that right, you know, your own rationale behind the product. And this is really will help you to put the right stories. So even you have a domain-based stories, but they are all in line with the rationale that you captured and absorbed from the strategy understanding uh, part. So, you know, once you know your stakeholders, you need to go into, okay, what they get and what they give. You need to understand also what exactly their need from the product based on their domain and what they will get out of the product. This is very important. For example, you know, I would you know, look at, you know, I'm introducing a feature of recurring payment where I have to save credit card data. At that point, saving data, is a big deal, especially credential payment credentials. This is where you know you have to go to regulators or at least privacy team within the organization or a third party council, you know, to check what is the requirement I have to do there and the way forward. How can I do it in, in that way? So what they need to know is the nature of data. And what they need to give me is okay, what are the boundaries? Right. So you kind of, I get the sense of what I need to get from them and what I have to give them. So giving them, you know, giving a regulator why this feature will have a tenfold in sales or increase their loyalty or decrease. Oh, it's amazing. Definitely. In my five minutes elevator pitch for them, it will be there. But, you know, for this specific group, the, all what they need is, okay, what kind of data? Because I'm privacy. I'm dealing with user data and privacy. Give me exactly what new data field you are capturing, how they are being processed, and how they are being shared with others. And that's exactly what they need to look at and give me the options. And for this, you know, there is a common technique called GROW, 
mainly in used in mentoring and coaching. But here, you know, when you have these groups, look at this as a mini coaching session where you define goals, reality, like goals, what I want to achieve. That's like what I, I need to get out of this reality, where we are right now. We are not saving cardholder data at all, and we need to go there. What are the options? So is it a third party? Shall I team up with a third party, certified, ready? So all what I need to do is sign the deal. But you know, there is a price tag for this. So the two options. And then the way forward, like, okay, what is the best option? What is the product strategy there? Do I partner or no? Do I build? Because I have a plan, a longer term plan in my strategy. Hence, strategy is very important that I will do more with this data. I can help, you know, a quick example, Amazon is capturing lots of user data and lots of payment credential, and they ended up with Amazon Pay. So, you know, they captured lots of data about the user. You trust Amazon. You keep paying through Amazon. So why don't they leverage this and provide something that they can also help their customer with? And this is, you know, how the product had the strategy in advance that, okay, using this, I know where I'm going with this information. So defining this with the grow technique, you know, I find it handy. And of course, it doesn't need to be like by definition here. You know, you need to understand the flow of the grow technique in a high level. And then you implement this in your discussion. Next is definitely now I know the key stakeholders. I also understood what they need, what I need from them and kind of prepared my customized story. Of course, it's a very coherent story, but it's like a different view. I'm not saying to someone that this is you know, Q1 and go to other group that this is finishing in Q3. It's a very coherent story, but you know, it's the different perspective based on the domain expertise. But at that point here, we have to agree on the destination. Now, this is a very important milestone in the stakeholder alignment. We have to all agree that, you know, because of the competition, we have to implement this feature or because of the strategic objectives that we have in our corporate to increase the sales by that time, you know, we have to implement this feature or we have to introduce this product so we can have more engagement with the customer. So we reduce the share, which is a strategic objective. So we have to agree on the destination or, you know, our product vision. So we have a common ground. And this is, you know, actually a, a very important kind of practice when you have any discussion or expected different viewpoints. So you have to just have that first common ground. There is a great TED talk about like how to agree productively. So you have to find this destination or a common destination. And it's definitely the product vision. Everyone definitely is aligned with the company strategy to increase sales. How to do so? Let's discuss. Let's get this into the deal. But for me, the core takeaway is from this is, you know, we need to have a candid discussion with all the stakeholders. You need to reach this level of, okay, give me your intuition. What do you think? Is this right or wrong? You know, from your own point of view without having, you know, it's still, we'll talk about this in a moment, but it will be a one-to-one -one kind of a deal. So you need to capture this the right way with the right type of discussion. Then definitely there will not be always a consensus for every single idea. You have to embrace diverse viewpoints. There will be some conflicts or at least different viewpoints through the way. What you need to do is to document these challenges in a way that will help you to quantify them so you can make the right assessment, right? So at the end, I you know there is always, you know, use data-driven decisions, right? Or use science in your decisioning. So that's really important. So at that point, when you have this decisioning means that you have two routes and you have to decide. So how to do it? Let's use science. Let's use data. Let's try to quantify. So the point here is to definitely document potential challenge. Very important. But also, you know, there is a very important thing that I found. And I, I like this diagram that you might look like going in circles, but you are achieving smaller steps. Of course, depending on the pace, the market, the timelines, you know, you might be slow, but you know, with a big organization across different countries, home offices, you know, some of these stuff might be very frustrating to achieve a progress. And this is, you know, I liked also the definition here in a very nice book, very recommended book product roadmap relaunched. They are talking about shuttle diplomacy, which you know you have to involve like every single party one-to-one -one and you understand their point, and then you go for a trade-off and you take this trade-off, go to the other one and go and go on, you know, in circles, kind of, it looks like in circle, but actually this technique helped to solve lots of political disputes in the world. So again, back to the summary here, you have to be prepared that there will be some sort of different viewpoints, document to quantify, but also don't get frustrated that you're going nowhere, but you have to go into the discussion, making sure that you have to end with a clear very crystal clear definition of the conflict or maybe the different viewpoints. Okay, 
maybe we go, no, let's go with partners. No, let's go directly. For example, with some accounts. No, but this partner will be frustrated. Oh, but you know, going directly is better for the revenue. Okay, that's from a B2B space, for example. How to do so? And we don't like the feature that will enable partners because we don't like partners. You know, you can go and debate, but you have to come up. Okay, here is the problems. Here is the pros and cons of each. Let's quantify. Let's put together the right matrix behind each and come up with the right decision making. That's sometimes also prioritization. It could be like what comes first. And this, you know, bring us to the next point here. Prioritize. Definitely, as I highlighted, use data-driven techniques to analyze the trade-offs. And there are a lot of techniques. You know, some of these are very famous cost-benefit analysis. You know, let's see what is the benefit of this feature, how much it will cost me. And then it's a very easy equation to get into the degree of interest of this feature or product update. One of the very common also, especially in the B2C methodologies is RICE, where you go with the reach, impact, confidence, divide by effort, and it will give you a number. So for example, I'm having a digital banking app and I'm planning a feature, but actually this feature is only available for, you know, iPhone users, you know, for whatever reason. So my reach is only users with iPhone. So this is like 60% or 50% of my users. Impact, what is the impact? It depends on the feature and the strategy and how this will serve all. For example, you know, the feature could be I'm um, having a dedicated support line for my premium subscription. Okay, so this is good, but definitely let's look at my own complaints. Oh, this is not a complaint. I usually have like one call every six months. Everyone is doing stuff digitally, so it's not a high impact, right? So, you know, you know what is the impact? It could be like a scale from zero to five. Different people will come to put their own feedback on this, and you start calculating the confidence, like what is your confidence level in the reach and the impact? It depends on how strong is your knowledge of the market and the product could be a green field where you're doing this for the first time. So definitely a lower confidence rate, or it could be also a high confidence rate if you are solving a funnel problem and you know, yeah, the user is struggling at that point in this specific screen because of this, you know, confusing way of autofill, for example. So I want to add this company that will autofill the whole deal and it, boom, solve it. So I'm very confident that this is where I have the high abandon rate, or this is where I have lots of drop-offs. And I have a high confidence because of my analytics and my knowledge of the journey and the whole funnel is very clear. And then you divide this number by the effort, you know, what is the cost to implement this? Man days, you know, if you are buying stuff, all of this will be added here and you will come up with a number. So what this number represents is there a range. Definitely there will be a relevant range across the different features because you will use the same matrix. So if you are using the effort is like man days, okay, then the number is kind of unified across all if the reach is like 60% or like 700,000 user. As long as you are using the same metric across the different feature that you are trying to prioritize, things will look clear. Definitely something very important that we have to capture here is the cost of delay. So sometimes in a very competitive markets, uh, not launching the product now, it will cost you money or not launching the feature now will cost you money. I don't know, you know, during COVID, there were lots of race in the crypto who is adding more crypto to trade. So cost of delays, some companies, you know, they paid cost of delay because they were not really adding, you know, the right coins or the whatever, you know, we can discuss this later. But in general, there was lots of cost of delay discussion back then, like how they can add this functionality and what is the cost of delay to do so. Yeah, so quick tips here, maybe summarizing. So applicable for all the points that I discussed in the previous slides, one-to-one -one meetings, definitely. You start small, one-to-one, -one, you have to build this objective discussion. Highlight the big picture all the time. Make sure that you are not focused into solving, you know, you know, you might end up having a problem with a partner and, oh, because of the execution of an NDA or a contract, oh, that's, you know, let's highlight the big picture. I'm getting this partner to solve that problem. Let's make sure that you are always having the big picture available. Be proactive, you know, when you are going with this one-to-one -one discussion with different stakeholders being proactive, notify them with updates, let them know that, you know, I'll think about it. Okay. You know, if you told them, so go back and let them, you know what, I believe that this is the deal, or I believe, you know, I consulted also other folks within the organization and I may be leaning towards this direction. So you have to be proactive in your communication, go there. You don't have to wait until news is coming from another uh, source because you are, you know, the one aligning being the product manager in the picture. So this is like tactics that you have to apply on a long-term basis, something that you have to put 
here as a successful product manager, as a successful, you know, employee or a professional, you have to build a reputation of transparency and trust, right? So that's very important. You have to make sure that you are always bringing the right arguments. You are, you know, if you are communicating or bringing different viewpoints, as we said, like the, this shuttle diplomacy, when you are getting like, what is the trade-offs that you capture from one party, sharing with the other, this has to be very transparent. You cannot really play with words. You cannot really try to get like a small win that will affect your reputation down the road, because this will go, you know, this will all building your reputation that will help you with having a huge credibility in your product intuition, which is very important. When you have this experience, you are an SME, you have this reputation, so you will have this, oh, you know, I think, you know, this, you know, you will have a value by directing the product or at least by uh, looking into a certain direction. Definitely establish strong relationship. This is where, you know, being proactive, make sure that you are keeping this trust with all the parties that you are dealing with. Okay, so if I go to the next slide, it's, you know, looking at the stakeholders. At a certain point, you have to share the roadmap. So roadmap are definitely built to be shared. You are capturing all of this to add it in your roadmap to make sure that they are communicated well across the company. So, you know, you see here that at that point, there are different types of roadmaps or at least views. That's what I, I, I like, you know, in very simple database course, you will go understand the tables and the relational between tables, but then you will understand something called views. You can pick some different data from different tables and you create a view. In a university, you know, for every student record, I have, you know, their name, their address, their degrees, tons of things. But if a professor want to have a sheet for attendance, all what they need to know is the first name and last name for the students registered in this class. So you kind of export a view from the huge database that you have that is relevant to this use case for this professor. While if I want to look at, okay, let's see some regulation based on the states that maybe require the university to communicate certain updates to students living in this state. So, okay, at that point, I have to create a view for the students and filter for this geographical boundary, and then I will start the communication. So views are essential. They are not different in the content but they are different on the level of details. And this is very important when we share roadmaps. We have to understand what is the difference between an external versus internal, like what kind of external roadmap would look like. And when we say external, is it just you know coming soon? Is it like a press release? Or it could be an Google I.O. event going to launch a new feature. Is it that way? Or I, I want to put like, okay, this is what we have in Q4, a high level timeline. So we need to understand what kind of external information, tons of formats here. If you look, uh, it could be by month, it could be coming soon, very famous way, now, next, later. So there are lots of stuff that we can define here. But again, format doesn't matter. The level of details is what matters at that point. Of course, format, there are lots of very great formats, very great tools available where you can enhance collaboration, where you can link every feature with a strategic objective. You know, there are very cool stuff that you can use. But again, our focus now is the views, the different views. Could be also a technology roadmap where you know it's more of the technicalities. It could like help with the release planning and technical team will understand where they are going. Could be a partner specific roadmap. You know, if you are building an app, building a B2B uh, enterprise platform that will require lots of partners to be there, you need also to have a shared roadmap with them because they do have their own milestones, they do have their own product update that might impact yours. Same also at your side, and this need to be captured in a partner-specific roadmap where intersecting deliveries are clear to any stakeholder who will be taking care of this. You have a support a company handling your customer service calls and you have a new feature that will spike this, okay, they need to know this so they can maybe make sure that they are ready. Uh, if it's an infrastructure and you know that uh, approaching holidays, you have high traffic, okay, because of this new promo that you are having, okay, they need to know so, so they might expand the infrastructure accordingly. So all of this is needed, definitely, with a partner. So you need to know, it's very, like, look at the view. What is the level of details? It could be customer specific. One of my roles used to be a customer product manager. And this is where we had to go through a customer specific roadmaps because you know it's an enterprise world. They are very important enterprise customer and they are kind of influencing the roadmap and they need to know what kind of updates that we have for the product for them to also plan their budgets, for them to plan their technology updates, for them to plan their downtimes and so. So this is 
an act like a personalized roadmap where we have to look at the portfolio of product that this customer is using and we share the key milestones and the deliverables that will be coming across specifically for this customer. Executive roadmap, you know, this is theme-based roadmap, which is like really focused on business outcomes. It's not like a release of the SSO or release of the OO of authentication. No, definitely no. It could be like it's a theme, like, okay, now we are smooth login. We are completing, you know, the problem checkouts, you know, streamline the checkout or adding, uh, supporting uh, all payment methods, something in, in that direction. But you cannot say that, oh, at that point, I can, you know, send the OTP uh, for extra authentication. No, it's like adding the security. So we have a theme to address security and, and so. So this is, again, it's a high level types, could be tons of types, you know, even within each of this, you might see that there are different categories. If I'm talking external, it could be what is my product like in the cloud? What is my mobile product in the technology? That could be the back end, the front end. You know, it, there are different granular views. And again, that's all the details. What is the details of the information that we want to present and share in the roadmap? So, you know, a high level sheet sheet here, you know, covering most of the stuff that we talked about. I will, you know, Go through the do and don't, which I you know try to make them really reflecting what we just discussed. Clarify strategic objectives. Do clarify them. Make sure that you are clear before also you start preparing and telling your stories around them. Educate stakeholders. Make sure that they are educated. We are not really focused and really pushed into one single debate. You know, we have to educate. We understand what is the feature, what is the bigger picture behind, what is the strategic objective behind. Be proactive, definitely gaining your reputation, putting, you know, stakeholder in alignment and in a building a trustful relationship is important. Focus on the value when you are telling stories. A very important reminder, deliver doesn't mean solved. I've seen it several times that, you know, you are really focused in digging into some detail, could be technical details or focus on the wrong KPIs. Sometimes, you know, you see organization delivering on time, on budget. That's very important every month. And for this, we have to expedite a certain release, but not with the feature that will solve the problem. We are just expiting this and we are cutting off some of the features in this sprint and pushing it to the next one so we can catch the release and we kind of be on time and on budget. But actually, the problem is not solved. We delivered, we met some KPIs, and this you know, very misleading sometimes. So make sure that you look at the problem, keep the problem and the value that you are trying to deliver on the top because delivered does not always mean solved. And you know, once we have the partner integrated, done, we are good to go. But actually that's not solving the problem. What we need is a partner who can help us maybe pre-fill a form that will make it much easier for the user to onboard. So integrating the partner is not the target. Actually having a lower abandon rate or having a better conversion rate is the problem that we need, we need to be solved. Use data, definitely make sure that you quantify, use data very well. And this is a bit tricky. You know, you have to use data in a very credible way. Think of, you know, having a feature that was used by five customers, literally five. And a month later, it's being used by 15 customers. So is this, I don't know, 150% increase? But again, the whole in a scale of things, this is 15 users. This is nothing. So you can communicate that, oh, I have like 50, 100% increase of usage. It could be a data point that people might use. So make sure that you dig into the data and provide a quality data, right? So it's not just any number that might look good. You have to really have a transparent view of data and communicate the correct data that will lead to the better decision. The goal is to have the strategic goals and the vision achieved. And this will only be done by bringing up problems and solving them. Being realistic and transparent, of course, that's again, based on the trust that we talked about, track and validate dependencies, very important. Sometimes we put stuff together in different silos while there are lots of dependencies. You know, you cannot operate in that state if you did not get this license before. You cannot do this internationally if you don't get this completed. Sometimes, you know, you go and expand globally. So European Union regulation might not apply in the US and vice versa. So you have to look at this while looking at the features and what are the dependencies and what kind of time frame impact that this might bring. Of course, that's the do's. Don't make it a static roadmap. Make sure that you put this disclaimer. It's really everyone is welcome. This is really a reflection of the strategy. So make sure that everyone is there and validate also that we are all agreed on this destination and that this roadmap is kind of getting the correct alignment and you know 
It's a continuous process that might be adjusted to make sure that we are all having this alignment all the time. Never be too detailed, never go into the deep details because this will really lose the focus of the problem that we are trying to solve or the theme that we are trying to bring to people and the big picture that we are trying to make sure to have. It's not a project plan. It's not a release plan. This is a product roadmap. So you have to keep reminding yourself and don't go into the details. Definitely, this is, you know, uh, both are related, include requests from demanding stakeholders without enough validation. So make sure, you know, we were talking about the influence and the interest. There might be a big decision maker that kind of mandate a feature or mandate a certain update required or a priority. Make sure, you know, do enough validation, talk more data. That's where data will help you. So it will never get subjective at any point. You're having your data. You're having, you know, the impact per each. You're having your kind of way of thinking between you and the team. That's the theme of decision making. So this is all working very well. Same also goes, never neglect a stakeholder need due to their low demand. You know, the always good example for me is the support. You know, support sometimes get very costly. You know, the call, if you have a person answering the call versus chatbot and so, but, you know, sometimes they would go, you know what, 80% of the calls are asking these questions. So, you know, you can take this and add a very little update or a very little flow in your screens that will really eliminate big stuff. You don't think of maybe support team in every single technical discussion or feature or grooming, but you know, sometimes you might you know that's what I've seen in some examples. So make sure that you capture this and never neglect or assign a lower weight based on a low demand because they are not flagging, they are not stressing, they are just taking it as it is, or maybe they are an offshore partner and you know, whatever is there, they bill per use. So it's you know, they they, they just expand as per the as per the need. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, I uh, didn't have a look in the chat or QA, but yeah, Georgina, is this time for that? Yes, thank you very much, Mina. Yes, he's totally right. Now is a really great time for you to pop your questions into the Q&A box. We're going to go through a couple minutes of questions and answers. I've got a couple questions already that I think are really good ones that we're going to chat through. Just a reminder to make sure to put those in the Q&A box. That's the best place for us to see them. And while all of you are adding your questions into the box there, I will take a minute to chat with you about our next topic. So join us on our next product chat webinar. It's June 29th at 1 p.m. We're going to welcome Evan Klein, who's the founder of Citrix Solutions. And the conversation is really going to be about how to gain exclusive insight into the key drivers of behavior within your market, as well as gain ways to really gain a comprehensive understanding that impacts your customer loyalty, brand reputation, business success, and beyond. So that'll be a really fun one. Hope to see you there. I am going to kick us off with the question that you might have known was coming, Nina. And that is the tool question. Can you talk to us a little bit about which tools you recommend using? And again, knowing that every culture is different, every scenario is a little bit of a, a unique one. But in your experience, are there tools that you really like? This, this question asker has experimented with Excel, Miro, PowerPoint, others, but doesn't feel that any of them are really like accelerating the roadmap process. Do you have favorites? You know, I have been dealing with a lot. I would say, you know, for me is the one that really create more collaboration. So without mentioning, you know, all the different names, but I love the one with collaboration. PowerPoint is the lowest, you know, especially when you are working on the roadmap. Maybe the final view for executive or a customer could be a roadmap slide. But if we are working and we want to make sure that everyone is participating, you know, I like more dynamic stuff. Sometimes, you know, a shared Excel sheet might do the work. Uh, there are more fancy ones that also I've seen. You can, as I highlighted, you can go with define your all the strategic objectives and every feature will be assigned what kind of objective this is aligning. So you can find lots of fancy stuff, Monday, product, you know, there are a lot uh, really out there, but it depends on the degree of usage and the degree of adoption within the organization, which is a very important metric for a tool. Like if people are always used to use Excel sheet, having this tool to be adopted and really use all the features that were designed to you is a very important factor, very important factor. So if you don't have this kind of consensus or the right push to use it, then, you know, it won't really get all the potential out there. Hope this answered the question. Yes, I think that it, I think that it absolutely does. And folks are starting to chat in the chat box about their favorite tool as well. So 
definitely pop in there if you want more ideas. Someone mentioned AHA, and I will say that Pragmatic hosted AHA on this webinar series last month. So I think that Callie can probably, oh, she's so fast. Callie has already dropped the link to that recording. She's she's so speedy. Um, So check that out if you guys want more on AHA. So I'm really curious about how you kind of manage the timeline expectations. So there's a question here about how internal stakeholders are always really not obsessed, but focused (laughs) on firm timelines in a roadmap, which isn't really conducive to collaboration or adaptation, right? So do you have any strategies that you use to really manage the demand for fixed timelines? Yeah, you know, I believe the best is define what is like coming in the next eight weeks. This has to be very solid. You know, you know your sprints, you know your release at that point. You know, if you are working in such an agile environment, you will know. So this will provide the level of confidence that you would talk about these timelines. Beyond this time, you know, it could be, you know, there might be something in the market. So it, it has to be lower confidence in the times. You cannot just say like, this is January 17th. You cannot. It will be not realistic. And one of the don't that I highlighted, you try not to be or like to be realistic, right? So you have to define this maybe time frames like short term should be accurate. Midterm, yeah, you have something, but a longer term, yeah, this is where you will have, okay, you know what, we'll tap into crypto in Q4 next year. Yeah, no one will chase you for a date for this or a specific day. But you, you need to show this balance that I know that there is a strategic objective. It's there. We are working on this. And midterm, we have planned. We have partners lined up. We have kind of stories being built there. But for the short term, the next eight weeks, you know, depend on where you have a very clear visibility. Here is a very precise date. So if you have this balance in a way, not in the same discuss- the same way I described, in a way this will put together the right expectations. And you can easily find examples within your organization where longer term plan didn't work. You know, last year you said that this year would have been here. No, two years ago we said so, but COVID. And you know, you have tons of examples to support this, but short term, be precise. This is where you really get the right confidence. I think that's a fantastic piece of advice, Mina. I love how that approach protects the product manager from being like kind of a curmudgeon who's like, no, I'm not going to give you what you're asking for. Right. It's a, it's a yes. And approach, right? Yes. Here's a, here's a firm date of what we're working on. And here's some kind of hopes and dreams that are a little bit more flexible in terms of timing. So I think that that's a really wonderful suggestion. Thank you for that. Pivoting the questions to focus a little bit more on customer roadmaps, we've got someone asking who's working in a B2B environment with really enormous customers, like global enterprise customers, and is struggling with how much detail to provide in the roadmaps. I mean, I think that your customers will always be hungry for more detail. They want to they wanna take a look inside. But how do you strike that balance? And how do you, again, I know that there's no answer for this, but how do folks on the call start to tease out what that balance is for them? I think, you know, for this B2B, I worked, I've been there. I understand the question very well. In in the B2B world, you might have like two big customers. They really manage, they are the main revenue driver for the product. So what kind of details, what level of details? I believe you need to understand very well their concern, right? So you need to capture the big concern. What is their, you know, what they get, what they give kind of a deal, like what exactly they are concerned about. I'll give an example. Some of the security products, they would look at the life cycle of a cryptographic algorithm. Like, oh, is this now with the crypto agility, with the quantum computing, are we good? Because, you know, they are building infrastructure that will last for 10 years. So they might go, okay, give me, you know, the security folks, they will come. This is very detailed, very detailed stuff that you would go and dig into the deep details. But when I understand the concern, I can provide a very abstract information that, you know, we are following, for example, the NIST, like that, you know, there is lots of entities that define the crypto and so the cryptographic, not crypto, the cryptographic encryption algorithm. And you can tell that we are following the guidelines of PCI. We are following the guideline of like all the institutions uh, there. So you might even give them the confidence and the information without releasing too much details. Oh, so we are good. Someone will ask you, oh, you are saving my data. Yeah, but you know what? I am 
PCI, this is the payment card uh, industry, like all the security requirements if you are dealing with cardholder data. So I am a PCI compliant. So they don't have to see when you are compliant to the next or I'm, I'm always maintaining so. So understand the concern. This might give you a room that you can put together a industry or a certain organization that you always follow or a regulation body that you're always adhere to can solve you some problem. And you know, if not, then you by understanding their concern in a way, you can put the right level of details that will address their concern without revealing what you do. You know, there is no really best answer or a silver bullet for this, but you need the more understanding, the better filters and levers you will define in sharing information. So short answer is get more information and this will give you better directions. Great, great insight. I totally agree with that. All right, time for one last question. And this is thinking a little bit about channels, right? So are there any particular channels that you find best when you're sharing updates, either internally or externally for roadmaps? Do you, you know, do you like to just send a document ahead? Do you like to schedule a call? Do you have, you know, what, what's the channel that you have found to be the best balance for sharing out these priorities? You know, I will share my own personal strategy. I usually have to have a one-to-one with everyone, if possible, you know, whenever possible. Definitely, you know, it's, if you are talking about a team 70, definitely not working. But again, key people and not decision people, like key participants, I have to do so because, you know, working remotely, I joined Verizon during COVID, for example. Also, I, I spent lots of customer meeting in, in COVID. I am also coming back background from the Middle East. So all of this cultural and, you know, you might miss some information. You might also misinterpret certain tones. So I would always go this way because this also serving my longer term strategy of building the right reputation. If I want to say that, you know, I do have a good experience, I need people to say, oh yeah, you know, we have been there, we have worked there. So this is also important to make sure that there is a face-to-face or a one-to-one kind of relation at, at some point. Uh, again, it's all balanced, right? But you know, that would be my strategy. I would make it that way. It will clarify the tone. will make it very clear that my, you know, objectives are communicated as much as I could clarify them in a one-to-one conversation. That's awesome. That is wonderful. All right. So as we are wrapping up, if you could have everyone on the call right now, start doing one thing differently tomorrow than they've been doing it today. What would you wish upon them? I would always, you know, look at the bigger picture, you know, make sure, you know, look at the bigger picture, go zoom out and look at really where you are now. And definitely in the roadmap perspective, look, go zoom out and think of, okay, now I'm preparing an investor pitch for really, I'm I'm trying to sell this. So what really key stuff that I want to show and they want to understand the insights, what are the problems, look at the big picture. And then this will give you a fresh perspective about the problem. Sometimes we really dig into the details or time. I need to go Saturday, Saturday, this next Saturday. It's like really exhausting your energy, making you divert or at least not focused on the real problem that you are trying to solve. So zooming out is important. And I believe that this is also goes to my comment about the CEO of the product. You need to zoom out and zoom in. You have your daily task, you have your strategic stuff. So zoom out because that's what I always fall in that I forget about the big picture. I look into the details, fully agenda of the day and just keep going without time to analyze where you are and what is the best strategies to do. Wonderful. That is a wish that I wish upon everyone on this call as well. Thank you so much, Mina, for being with us. This has been an exceptional presentation. I can already see all the folks in the chat that are thrilled and excited with it as well. So really appreciate your time. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, everyone.